Adding wholesale as a channel to your store is a great way to increase revenue. But how do you offer customer-specific pricing in Shopify? Well, there's a bold app for that. It's called Customer Pricing, and it's great for wholesale, of course. But it's also cool to add things like a VIP program where you reward your best customers. It's so easy to use. To put a customer in a price group, you tag their customer account. That's it. Or if you want to get fancy, the app could do it automatically for you, tagging customers into groups based off how much they've spent, how often they've ordered, where they're from, or what products they purchased. For example, let's say a customer spends $500. We could automatically tag them as silver, and they get 5% off. Then when they've spent 1000 or more, they get tagged gold, and now they get 10% off. And with the tagging by product purchase feature, you could actually sell a membership product and then give members a discount, not unlike a Costco or a Sam's Club. Now, as an unofficial Shopify podcast listener, Bold is offering you their customer pricing app free for two months. Just go to kurtelster.com bold, and you can install it from there to get the exclusive offer. kurtelster.com bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup. And it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. I think this is a, a situation where being paranoid about it is good. No, I mean, I, I, it happened to me once at the AV Club where I recorded an entire podcast. Back when recording a podcast in 2008 was like, what are you even doing? Uh, and like, we recorded the whole episode and I, it was my fault. I fucked something up and we were not recording the audio. <laughs> it was like, it was an hour. It was over an hour. Of, and I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, that episode we recorded two days ago, we didn't. Oh, God. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I've only lost two episodes where we were like, I've never forgot to hit record, but somehow the file never ended up where it should be and I couldn't find it again. That's happened two times and I distinctly remember both. There's a, a quality episode with Ari Baga, who knows messenger marketing inside and out, that is just lost to the ether. The ether cycle. Man, I am. I'm bummed about the pandemic being back. You know, I guess it didn't really go away. Illinois is doing fine, though. Well, uh, they in, for Illinois they release um, zone data. This the state has been split up into four separate zones. I didn't know that. You didn't. Are you not paying attention to this? Uh, I subs I get my COVID news from like COVID now. It's like a newsletter and it like gives me a score and some KPIs for areas I subscribe to. I thought, so I get it for the state and our county. I thought you were going to say you got it from like vaccinesarebad.org. Yeah, what? No. <laughs> I'm pro vaccine. Give it all to me. Do they got like eyeball shots? I want it. Like, let me know I'm getting it. Uh, no, Illinois, they split it into, f into four zones, I think. And 
the zones can go into different levels of lockdown. And everyone was pissed who lived in the collar counties like you, who lived in Lake County. Uh, those people were like, well, why do we have to be in the same zone as Chicago? We know it's a Chicago city urban problem with cities and urban things and density and urban. <laughs> urban, you know, urban. The city is different and bad. <laughs> uh, so they were all pissed about that. And now uh, the bad part of the state is all downstate. It's Springfield and lower. So, like, Ooh. they're skyrocketing, and the evil Chicago urban zone is totally fine. Hmm. So, Illinois is going up. Yeah, you're, you know, I remember that. I actually remember reading comments. For, d- never read the Facebook comments, my God. But I do it anyway, because I just want to torture myself. And someone being like, all, the, all Pritzker's rules, These are that's for Chicago. That has nothing to do with us downstate Illinois. Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Now we need to protect the city of Chicago from these darn, these rural yahoos. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, pretty much. The part of the state I care about is fine. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right. The, you know, the one thing that does help with, with a pandemic. Number one, retail therapy. Mm-hmm. And number, so I bought, uh, Julie and I got the big Harry Potter Lego set. And she'll put it together. And then I'm really excited. There's a Shopify store called Brick Loot that sells LED lighting kits. And I have one for our Disney Cinderella castle. That's awesome. And so I'm very looking forward to getting super fiddly and weird and putting LEDs into this Harry Potter Lego castle. So it's it's one set. The LEDs or the, the Lego set? The Lego set is just a single thing? It's a single 6,000 piece set. Okay, because they had a thing before where they had like a whole series where it was like various famous buildings from Harry Potter. And then oh, they, I didn't know that. And they like connected together, yeah. That's kind of what they have now with like a town. They have like a town set up where there's a bunch of like three flats and like big. I've ta- seen that. It looks really. Re- when you do like the full street, yeah. it looks very cool. Yeah, they all scale together and they all, that you can lock them. They all have like little lockers in, at the same parts. And I think they did the same for Harry Potter because I knew someone that had like four of them a couple of years ago. All right, I'm ago. putting, I have a list of website teardowns we're thinking about doing. And number one on there right now is Lego. Oh, yeah. So we're not going to do Lego in this episode. No. But we'll do... It's on my list to do. I think that'll be fun. Uh, uh, I did my retail therapy in that the light bulbs I'm obsessed with finally came <laughs> back in stock. So All right, I so bought... explain to me what it... Because I saw these light bulbs. I have opinions on light bulbs. <laughs> we joke that we could do like a 20-minute set just on dad opinion light bulbs. Tell me what's fancy about your light bulbs. All right, so my basement and a lot of my house is just can lights. It's recessed can lighting, can light city everywhere. Okay. And there are these old 45 to 65 watt, um, uh, you know, normal old light bulbs. And they're all on dimmer switches. Why are they all on dimmer switches? I don't know. Why are they all in cans? I don't know. That's just... Just Hey, dimmer switches cost more than regular switches. Be grateful that you got a bunch of free dimmer switches. I guess. So I've been trying to swap them out with um, LED bulbs. And the thing is when leds dim they just get less bright yes whereas old light bulbs when they dim they would get warmer you'd get that more yellowish coloring like sunset type thing and this is really big for me in the basement because you know my wife goes to bed she's a loser she goes to bed at like 9 (laughs) 9 30 10 o'clock uh she is working in an icu she is a health care hero not during the week though oh i see (laughs) 
So, you know, she goes to bed. So, you know, a- after 10 o'clock downstairs, that's PT. That's poly time. <laughs> and uh-huh, poly time. I, I got gotcha. you. You know, I, that's when I put on my TCM, put the lights down low. And so there are these cans that, like, ring the whole basement. So I put those down about halfway, and it's really nice and soothing. But if I swapped them with LEDs, it would just be less bright white light. But Philips makes can light bulbs with, they call it like warming glow. So when you dim them, they actually get yellower like regular bulbs. And they're awesome. And they're impossible to find. Everyone bought them. Because they're that? Home so De- you're not the only weirdo who Home likes De- this. Yeah, no. Home Depot was out of them. They were selling them on Amazon for literally like 11 bucks a bulb. A little retail arbitrage action. Yeah, it was crazy. So I actually, I used a... Uh, Notify me when this is back in stock form on Home Depot's website, and they did, and I bought like 18 bulbs. You know, I love those. Uh, you're, I also, there was a, sh- uh, a lamp in our dining room that I got because I, put, I filled out a back in stock form on Home Depot's website, and like six months later, it came back in stock. I bought it. Yeah. And uh, No, I'm a big fan of those back in stock forms. Uh, I don't know what percent of the time like I fill them out or use them or then end up buying but I can think of several instances where I did. But the trick is, sorry, if we'll, we'll bring this podcast back to e-commerce. Um, in Shopify, many themes support a back at stock form. But it like the default, the way it works, and it's no fault of their own. They just, you know, they don't really have a choice. Um, it just sends you an email to the merchant. And then it's up to you to figure out what to do with it. So you got to swap that thing out for something that automates it. So there's several apps that do it. There's one that's aptly named back at stock. It was like the original or if you're on Clavio, this is a function that's built into Clavio called, uh, it's like Clavio back in stock. You have to add a little bit of code to your theme to do it, but you've done that a bunch. Is What what does that look like uh, as far as, Well, you know, it's, it's very effort. easy. There's a, I mean, Clavio just gives you the snippet. All you have to do, um, there's like a Clavio API key or whatever you have to paste that's special to your account that you have to paste into the JavaScript part of the snippet. So you just put that on your page and it injects it where it thinks it should go in uh, the product form, you know, like it'll be like right below the end of cart where the end of cart button would be. Um, but also they include a thing where if it doesn't show up the way you want it, where you want it to show up, they just give you a, a, a div with an ID in it and you just paste that wherever you want on your page. It shows up there. It's very easy. It's a 15 minute thing for me. Um, and unlike a lot of other apps that are like turnkey, it just shows up where you want it to show up. Uh, that it actually works. (laughs) Like 90% of the time it goes in the right spot. And if it doesn't, you could put it in the right spot yourself. Easy. So if you're on Klaviyo and you don't have this set up, you don't pay anything extra for it. It's just a native Klaviyo feature. You make this one easy theme customization, and then you set up the back in stock flow in Klaviyo. And then whenever people sign up, they're on your email list. If they, uh, and then if that product comes back in stock, they get an email about it. Now I will say, be careful testing. Years ago, I was working, this is early in our, our Shopify career, I was working on uh, recycledfirefighter.com, and wonderful merchant Jake Starr emails me and says, hey, uh, you know, in your testing, just out, it's cool, just FYI, um, you, marked, you changed the availability on a product from out of stock to in stock, and it emailed everyone who'd signed up to be notified when it was back in stock, and it was just me testing. So that, uh, I have never made that same mistake twice. All right, we've got, this is a pretty good cold open. One last shout out I have to do. 
So I'm wearing, I'm proud of myself, I'm wearing entirely Shopify merchant apparel. So the, the jeans are like the sweatpants feeling jeans that I've talked about before that I love from Aviator on Shopify. And I'll throw that, uh, I'm putting that in the show notes. I'm typing right here, Kurt's favorite jeans. And so I love these jeans, I'm wearing those, but I have paired it with socks, underwear, and a shirt from Unbound Merino, Dan Dembski's store, who was on this podcast um, a month ago, I think. And he was very kind. Uh, he sent me uh, a bunch of his stuff. But the catch is it's Merino wool. And Merino's wool magic is that it doesn't smell. And in the past, I've owned like a Merino wool hoodie. And in the hoodie, all right, it didn't smell, but like, you know, I'm wearing a shirt under it. So to test that, I messaged him. I said, how long can I wear this stuff? Like, weird question. How long can I wear it before it smells? And he goes, you know, it's like jeans. You'll know in your heart when it's time to wash them. He's like, but if it's the socks and you're just wearing them without shoes outside, you wash them. So I am now on, on day four or five of wearing these, the underwear I'm changing, but I've been, I'm on day five with the socks and day three with the shirt. They're still clean. They don't smell. So at this point, like I just got to keep going. Right. All I heard <laughs> took from that was that you smell. I'm not changing my clothes. That You're not changing your clothes and you smell. <laughs> I really, I'm like huffing these socks. Look, I don't leave my house anymore. It's fine. I'm just, I, I, the only reason I'm wearing clothes is for you. All right. Well, we'll talk e-commerce day on the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Joining me is my co-host, Paul Rita. Lovely man that he is. And on today's episode, we discuss what an accessibility lawsuit costs, the return of Google PageSpeed, and why it's bad. I hate that thing. Oh, jeez, Rick. And building better blog pages in Shopify. And we'll, we'll be joined by a special guest. Uh, pulled from my pool of guests in my house. So, okay, it's my wife. And it's not Kennedy. Then, it's not. The, it's not. It's not, the it's not my three-year-old. Oh, well, no, psh. my three-year-old would be like, ha 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 ha. I mean, like, she's just a chucklehead who thinks farts are funny. And I, I'm, you know, just I don't like judge. just like Daddy. Yes, I was gonna say she got it from somewhere. I don't judge. Uh, and then finally, if we have time, we'll do a teardown of the official minor league baseball store, Paul's White Whale. What do, What do you mean if we have time? That's the only thing I showed up for. All right, we'll do it no matter what. Okay, so we did, we talked about on uh, two episodes ago, you and I, we talked about accessibility on the show and things have gotten weirder. So right at like days after that, some more prominent accessibility lawsuits were filed. Uh, what up with that? Uh, you put it on the thing. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I sent you the show notes in advance. <laughs> I was supposed to go, what up with that? And then you recap it for me. You're like, uh, all right, well, all right. these guys got sued. Well, I know I know what I sent you. Home Depot got sued, I believe. It was Home Depot, Gimlet Media, the oh, big podcaster. Gimlet Media, the big podcaster, yeah. Um, and someone else. I don't remember who. But uh, what all these things have in common is that they all have uh, video or audio content that they do not provide transcriptions or closed captionings for on their websites obviously home depot they have a lot of how-to videos they have a lot of stuff on the product pages uh gimlet media is podcasts so they just have a it's all audio content wall-to-wall uh and deaf users are unable to figure out what's going on in those in that content and they are suing they have gotten sued by one guy uh who is filing a ton of these lawsuits and uh they're probably going to either have to need to add transcripts to their stuff or settle Okay, and what blows my mind about this is... I mean, this is easy. I mean, the stuff we yeah. talked about two weeks ago, that's hard shit. That's a moving target. You don't know what that's, you're doing. Yeah. It's very scary. This, trying to get a theme to 
the the accessibility guideline set by the consortium is called WCAG 2.1. Trying to get a Shopify theme to meet 100% of WCAG 2.1 is hard and expensive. Uh, I check the uh, the work logs for your efforts in the past, and it's about uh, it's minimum eight hours to do this, depending on the theme. And then on top of it, you still need to make your accessibility statement, and you still need to have an accessibility toolbar uh, like Accessibility, and then it's still an ongoing effort. You know, we're to maintain the content with alt tags and uh, transcriptions. So we transcribe the video and, and audio for this. It, How do we do it? Well, it, and it would be it would be way more than eight because on on some on those projects we didn't really go extremely deep into the weeds, and uh, like we just kind of used a checker from an automated checker from another website. We didn't have an actual visual impaired person try to buy something. That wasn't part of our task list. So just so actually uh, in Keysport's case, they did do that. Actually, um, we just weren't. We weren't involved with it. Okay. It wasn't us doing it, but yeah, they did do it. So, but, and it works? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. You you were successful. Oh, thank God. Uh, so where were we? Uh, so you apparently, you apparently right, let's know say how I got much, transcripts. Yeah. You, yeah. Getting transcripts. Easy. You hire someone to do it. We have someone to do it. His name's Tim. He's a good- Tim Hip. Yeah. Tim's a great guy. He knocks it out for us every week. He does our transcript for our podcast. He's not expensive. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Gimlet Media- I believe got bought by Spotify, so they are just crapping cash right now. And for them to not pay for this is truly ridiculous. What in the heck is Mr. Tim Hip's website? Yeah, it's tra- okay. Transcribeyourpod.com. All right. So for yeah, if you want a guy that you could just go to for transcriptions, and you don't want to be, you, you could use a service like Rev. The problem is Rev. You know they got criticized heavily for. Um, you know, they took an Uber approach where they got all these people to transcribe for them by paying them a reasonable rate. And then the, once they were successful, they said, okay, well, we're cutting everybody's rates. And that didn't go over well. I know it went badly for them and they, they pulled back on some things. But it's still like, if you can, and if you're doing this as an ongoing effort, it, it is much better to just hire an individual freelancer for transcriptions. Whereas if like you need an occasional one-off thing, okay, just use Rev and make your life easier. Uh- also for YouTube videos, Rev is... Like it just in it pulls from the video and pushes the subtitles up for you. That's convenient. Yeah. Well, and the the rev thing was a real joke because they have a lower tier. Um, like obviously, you pay a person, you're paying more, but they have a lower tier product where you could pay an AI to do it, and the AI exists because they took all that human transcriptions and then fed it all into the AI. So not only were the people not getting paid very much, they also were training their own robot replacements. Oh, yeah. brutal. Yeah, it was real great. Real great move by them. I do use that Rev automated transcription when I'm just automate when I need like a I need something just for myself for like my notes for something I'm working on to get a quick um transcription. Like just cuz it it's not perfect. Like I'll use it recently I used it to do um I had to re-record one of our our sponsor recordings and I just wanted some plain text of it. So I threw it in Rev and immediately, like it cost me literally 60 cents and then immediately I got the thing back and it showed like it's a 30 second clip and in there it was like speaker one, <laughs> speaker two. And it was just cause like my tone changed. Mm-hmm. So it's not, and it, it does pretty good, but it, definitely not the same as a human doing it for sure. I find it funny that we're talking about Tim and then he's gonna be transcribing this. He's gonna be like, hey, that, <laughs> hey that's me. Yes, well, I don't know. <laughs> I like to support support uh, quality freelancers. Anyway, so if you do get hit with an accessibility lawsuit, 
in our group, uh, it, there was someone talking about it getting hit with an accessibility lawsuit and having to settle. And then I searched and I found more of these in the Shopify Plus group. And it sounds like you're typically going to pay about 13 grand to make it go away. And I don't, I don't think that includes legal fees. So I figure like you're, you're probably up to 20 grand easy if you get hit with one of these accessibility lawsuits and you don't fight it. You just like, here's some cash to go away. Well, if you're just paying him cash to go away, your attorney is not charging you seven grand. Okay. To hand over thirteen, to hand over the money. <laughs> All right. At least I hope not. I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. I don't know how this works. Uh, uh, but yeah, and then you you know you pay the thirteen grand, which is I don't know probably what it would cost you to get your site up to speed. I would think. Uh, and uh, the thirteen grand only saves you that one time. Keep happening, can't it? Uh, take that thirteen thousand and invest it in making your site accessible. You have taught a man to fish, and now he will have fish forever. But it's, you're not gonna, like, I don't know. I think in most instances, you're you're probably not gonna spend thirteen grand. I don't think no. The site it's not gonna cost thirteen grand, but you understand what I'm saying. Yes. No. Absolutely. Uh, so. There has been a resurgence of an old enemy. Google PageSpeed oh. has returned. Multiple people in the group this week. What's Google PageSpeed? Why do I care and why do we hate it? I hate it. It just <laughs> tortures me. It tortures merchants. All for not... Uh, and for like the level of, of pain and suffering this thing inflicts on business owners. Uh, the return is just not there. Yeah. So Google PageSpeed is a thing that supposedly tells you uh, how fast your site is and the things you can do to make your site faster. And it gives you this whole list of like, oh, well, this JavaScript is loading. That's too big. These images are too big. They don't need to be, they're too big for this slot. You could save one second if you fix that. You could save one second if you fix this. You could save five seconds if you fix that. And then they give you a score out of 100, which for a Shopify store is usually like 20 or like 25. And so everyone who has a Shopify store puts it in there, sees they get a 25, and they're like, oh, my God, 25 out of 100, that's an F. So they freak out, and I don't remember if it has some stuff on the right rail about how, like, well, if you cut for every second, that old stat, if you, for every second you cut out of your load time, that will increase your revenue by 2% or whatever, something like that. So then Has they do, then anyone it, ever actually reproduced that result? I don't think so. So then they do that math, and they're like, my site's terrible. Also, if it wasn't terrible, I'd be a millionaire. That They just take those <laughs> those steps immediately. Okay. Well, and then there's also the threat that, like, well, if my site's slow, it's not going to show up at Google searches, which I really don't think they're doing that either. No, they're not doing that either. I mean, it really comes down to we've got if a, you know, if Google has a search result and it's got two results and the ra the ranking factor says hey these things rank the same but one is faster than the other it will give preference to the faster one i think that's the perception of how it actually works in in practice yeah that's what i read too is that it's like if it's literally a tie and there's nothing else it's truly a tie the one with a higher speed will go above the one with the lower speed not the one with the lower speed is not listed on google it's you lose you lose the tiebreaker. Yes. And so I think I would treat page speed the same way you would treat audio quality in a podcast. The content is what's important. The audio quality, if great audio quality doesn't hurt 
bad audio quality doesn't help, right? Like when this show, when we used $30 garbage microphones, eh, somehow I still got listeners. The, with page speed, a, a faster site is better. Let's make that clear. A slow site could cause uh, people to bounce, could create problems. But like, if you have a site that loads in four seconds versus two seconds, or a site that loads at like three and a half versus two and a half, honestly, it really, I have yet to see a scenario where that made some like dramatic difference in any metric. And the thing is like, you know, especially like we're shopping on phones. They're all LTE now. I mean, they're very fast. A lot of, many people's phones are faster than their home internet connection. I'm on gigabit internet. Man, like it really does not take a particularly quick internet connection to make a five meg website appear to load instantaneously. It's also the, the, the fact that the Google page speed score is wrong. It is not an accurate measure of speed. They, no, it really isn't. They don't. It's an arbitrary, it's an arbitrary checklist of recommendations. Here, they, a, a Google engineer's fever dream of best practices for server configuration, and then it checks your site against that, and that's what a lot of that score is based on. But not all of it is practical, applicable, or sane for a Shopify store. Yeah. And I mean, they have this whole thing like, you know, resume, I loaded up, I just loaded up one of our clients in the background while you were talking. Um, their Google PageSpeed score is 13. They got oh, a 13 out of 100. They're doing, they're, it's horrendous. I mean, you would think that this store is a trash pile. Uh, in the last month, they've done $630,000 in revenue. <laughs> so they're going to do over $6 million this year uh, on their 13 Google PageSpeed score. And, you know, it's got all this stuff in here. Oh, well, you, you have you could save five seconds if you remove all this unused JavaScript. Well, okay, well, what's the unused JavaScript? It's their Yapo reviews. It's the JavaScript that runs the YouTube video on their homepage. It's the script that does their, their Facebook cookieing. It's the script that it's the it's the scripts that run their site from Shopify. I mean, none of these things are unused on this store. You need all of these things. But it's claimed they're unused. It claims they're unused. The Clavio script that runs their email sign-up forms. Uh, like, you need those to run a site. And, but Google PageSpeed says, well, this is unused JavaScript, and you'd say five seconds if you got rid of all of it. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. So we do have a client who went through, who did all of the very aggressive optimizations that, uh, that Google PageSpeed recommends. And that was a year ago. It had no impact on anything. Other than we are still finding stuff that broke as a result and like undoing it and fixing it to this day. It's just maddening. Because um, try like just the reality of having apps and then trying to concatenate all their JavaScript. It's just it's not realistic to do it without breaking things or with uh, being able to maintain it long term. So I think like a fast site is important. Having a, a faster site is better than having a slower site. The importance of it has been overstated, and Google PageSpeed Insights tool as a tool for determining what is fast and slow, it's just not a good tool. It's wrong. I mean, really. It's fully, fully wrong. You should never use it and never look at it. I hate it. Uh, what do we do instead? And what are some, like, sane benchmarks? Well, I'll tell you what I do. I don't know if it's useful for our clients who are less tech savvy, um, but every web browser has something in it that's called uh, inspector or network or something like that. It, it has an inspector window, developer tools, developer options. And so what you do with those is you look at this developer options 
and it has a tab on it that called network usually and you reload the page when with that tab open and it shows you everything that loads how big it is how long it takes all of that and in the bottom it'll say like uh you know how long it took how much had to be transferred all that sort of stuff so i mean if you could get and i mean and it, it's not perfect either because i mean say you have a a tool that's sort of like firing and keeping track of what the user is doing on the page well if that keeps firing and that keeps sending data back that's still getting registered as like the page is loading because there are still things loading in the background the user use is using the page fine but that number gets escalated so really i would just look at the transfer amount and the time that i don't know on firefox there's something where it says load on it and what, what the load number is so i mean generally uh transferred you'd want to see that under five you want to say that five megs are under and then load time probably like five seconds are under and if you get hit both those numbers you're fine you have other things to worry about on your store that are more important than getting that number lower and i think that's another main part of it is that a lot of people think that you know this is a problem if it's too if it's if you score sevens on both of them they're like oh this is a problem i mean can you do better than seven yeah probably are there 10 other things you could do on your store that will give you way more bigger wins than getting that seven down into a five? A hundred percent. Like as long as your site is not literally taking 20 seconds on every page load and people are sitting there and going, oh, screw this and leaving, you've pretty much solved the issue already. Okay. So use common sense, be sane about it. Uh, I say look at, yeah, use a... Uh, the tool I like is, is Pingdom Tools, tools.pingdom.com. Again, I'm linking to that in the show notes. It's still going to give you a score. Don't pay attention to the letter grade. You make yourself crazy. Um, but look at, it's worthwhile to see what's the total page size and you know, what, and then try and um, try and get that down by reviewing like, okay, what's the biggest image on this? Do we need that? Can we make it smaller? Et cetera. The, well, the, ima the images the, like, the images problem has been solved a lot by... Shopify transitioning all their images on the stores to WebP, which is a okay. new modern image format that drastically slices the size of images down. You don't have to do anything extra. Shopify does it all on their servers. So it serves WebP images to the end user, which has caused a huge drop in load times. It's been really great. And in the new version of uh, iOS and Apple, uh, Safari will finally support WebP this fall. And that was the main problem still was that people on their iPhones were not getting the WebP images. And that'll be, that'll change in like September or October. Okay, sweet. Yeah, that was the one, the one thing that was not working with it. And now it is. So uh, just give you some like benchmarks for page size in megabytes and then we'll move on. I went over that when you weren't listening. Oh, sorry. Okay, good. <laughs> well, the reason I wasn't listening is I was, I was trying to get uh, my wife in here, who is our, our resident... Uh, Shopify blogger, and it, yeah, Google PageSpeed tortures merchants. The other thing I see come up as uh, a frequent complaint that I don't understand, but I know there are options uh, and solutions to to fix this problem for merchants, is the Shopify blog. Merchants love to complain about the Shopify blogging feature, and I don't get it. Like, it works just fine for me. I have no issues with it, but uh, my wife has uh, a Shopify store with hundreds of pages that are, are pages and blog posts, uh, 
let's see, yeah, 627 pages on her site, WWDW. Uh, and so I, I wanted to talk to her. Since so she, probably more than anyone else I know, has used this thing to blog. Uh, Mrs. Elster, thank you for joining us. Hello. <laughs> so now you're on, on the other side of the table, because uh, you also record a podcast in here. I do. It's weird being on this side. So uh, tell me about your experience with uh, Shopify as a, a CMS. Like what, do you like it? Does it frustrate you? What would you change about it? I have no issues with it. Um, I think sometimes photos can give me trouble. Okay, that one I've heard. But I'm, I'm really curious, what complaints do people have about the blog? It's pretty straightforward. I'm like the least technical person out there and I can figure this out and post a blog and get a ton of traffic. So what are the complaints exactly? Well, I think, number one, I, I think you're probably more technical than you realize. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, and one of the, you're using uh, Artisan Theme by Out of the Sandbox, which uh, has a, a nice, really nice like page layouts. And then on top of that, I tweak that theme with some extra rules. Like images are always forced to 100% width uh, in a in articles or uh, pages. And then we also did like some nice tweaking just to the the text itself for readability. Uh, I think it worked out worked out pretty well. But it, the layout that you use is really like you know image headline text list. It's all single column. And I think what people are doing is trying to do like fancy magazine. Maybe they're trying to do like fancy magazine style layouts. Uh huh. And if you want to do like, you know, float an image left, right and, and try and make that work responsive. All right. You could quickly get yourself into trouble with that, I think. I think you're wasting your time. Like, why mess with that? OK, so I'm not somebody who sits and like watches YouTube videos or, OK, I record a podcast, but I don't listen to podcasts. I read. I read blogs. I read articles constantly. I don't get the need for like these goofy layouts of trying to make a blog look like a magazine. I think you're wasting your time. You think it's a gimmick? Yes. It is. I think it's, you know, honestly, I, whether anyone wants to admit it or not, I think it's an excuse to not have to put in the work. Like a blog post that is going to get drive organic traffic, it's going to do really well, has to be like an ultimate guide kind of thing. It needs yeah. to be 2,000 words. Well, who wants to put in that effort? It doesn't have to be 2,000 words. What do you shoot I for? S I don't shoot for anything in particular. I don't ever shoot for anything. I'm writing to get content out there. And if I can make my point in a very short, succinct article, then I'm going to do that. I'm not going to waste somebody's time with 2,000 words and 40 photos in a goofball layout if I can get to the point quickly and succinctly. So I think that people are overcomplicating blogs is what it sounds like. Yeah, I, I know you're right. I just needed... <laughs> I needed someone who does. I was very curious when you told me you wanted me to talk on this because I'm like, well, what issues do people have? I just, I write to answer the questions that people have. So if somebody has a question, I'm going to research or I'm going to write to whatever my knowledge is on that. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, 200 words or 2000 words. If I have a nice photo to go with it, I'll put nice photos in there, but I'm not going to lose sleep over layout and and all of that it's just the point is to get relevant information out there and the point is to get people to find you in google searches so i think people are probably just overcomplicating. uh certainly but you know one of the things well some of the the tools that people use are like landing page builders like shogun or zipify pages and that really feels like overcomplicating it you know, i don't know what either of those are <laughs> 
it, it's like a drag and drop page builder so you can like make it look how you want oh okay um the there's a new one that just came out we'll give them give them the plug is uh i think it's called blog creator for shopify a very straightforward name i just saw it on product hunt this week it says, level up your Shopify blog with the first CMS purpose-built for e-commerce. All right, Shopify is a CMS. And they say, uh, create blog posts that convert readers into subscribers. How? Easily distribute content to social email. Measure your results with uh, analytics. All right, those all sound good. Yeah, but how, I really... do, how does an app convert readers into subscribers? All right, well, I, so for subscribers, yours does that because we have a newsletter opt-in built into it. Yes, but I also end everything with like, you have questions. A call to action. Yeah, like if you have questions, you can go here. You know, if you need more information, here's where you can go. So like I always end it with like, here are next steps for, you know, the couple of things that I'm I'm looking to have the reader Oh, well, do. they say, here they're going to say, embed products and collections in your blog posts. Well, actually, some themes support that now using short codes. Or you could customize it to support it. Honestly, I think it's just a lack of, of education. Uh, clearly, Shopify's focus is not on, on the blogging side of it. So they're not, you know, they're, no one's producing a ton of exciting content around like, here's a screencast of, you know, understanding the basics of HTML, CSS to make this look the way you want it without having to use all this nonsense. Right? So recently, and I'm sure uh, you've talked about this quite a bit, and I, I know Paul knows, I adopted a bunny. And... Uh, love that bunny. I know <laughs> all about the bunny. We love the bunny. Mary Hopkins. The bunny's so sweet. But a bunny is a ton of work, like a ton of work. And there was so much I didn't know about bunnies. And so in researching it, I kept coming across this blog and it was, um, gosh, what's the name? Small Pet Select. Is that what it is? Yeah, Small Pet Select. Yes, They're a shop they have, Yeah, and they have an amazing blog. And so now they are my go-to for information, also for Timothy Hay and bunny treats. And it has that they has, have the best bunny information on their blog. And when I have Googled, you know, healthy bunny treats or, you know, bunny behaviors, what does it mean when my bunny's doing this or that? Their blog keeps coming up and I have purchased from them multiple times. So I think a blog is definitely helpful and they're not doing anything insane. They have a few photos. It's just straightforward. Like, is your bunny, you know, kicking its feet? Here's what that means. Is your bunny, you know, clawing at its cage? Here's what that means. It's very straightforward. Okay. Oh, yeah. I see they got a bunch of posts in here, and they've got it organized by animal. So here we'll link to it. Yeah, their blog is great. However, I will point out their blog is, this appears to be WordPress, and Shopify is on a subdomain. Oh, so they're using a different blog. Different blogging platform. Well, whatever. It got me to their store. <laughs> the so point is blogging yeah. got me to their store. Yes. And I'm guessing they're using it for, like, organization. But we've done this with the Shopify blog. Yeah, the Shopify blog supports multiple blogs and it supports tagging. Well, between the two of those, you can easily do categorization. In fact, I'll actually, I will link in the show notes to a Shopify store with a really impressive, fancy blog. Uh, can You Handlebar is the, the brand, the website. And their amazing blog is called The Beard Mentor. And they've got a ton of quality content. There is no app. There is nothing crazy here. This thing is run entirely in the Shopify blog platform. So I will include that in the show notes. So Miss Julie, your advice yes. here is just is, is blog prolifically to see results. Don't worry about, don't get obsessed with the format, the content, the substance is way more important than the style and just focus on answering your readers questions. Yes. And if you see that people are searching for certain things or you keep popping up for this one specific thing, 
double down on that. Like, that's the thing you should be writing more about. Clearly, people want to know more about it. So, And you rank for it. Yeah. Yeah. Double down on it. Just get them to your site by giving them good information about, you know, your products or stuff surrounding your products. Excellent advice. Thank you. You, you are dismissed. Paul and I have a teardown to do. Okay. It's been fun. Thank Bye, you. Paul. Bye, Julie. Hold up. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. I know I have. There's just a pile of packages in front of my door. I can't even get the front door open. But if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? That's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your list, send memorable emails, automate critical messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why more than 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chubby's, Brooklinen, and Keysmart use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less depending on third-party ads. Now, whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started! Visit Klaviyo.com to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Talk to him. All right. Uh, do you have any comment on that, or do you want to jump into minor league baseball? I have no opinion on that, so uh, we're done. Excellent. So let's do a minor league baseball tournament. My white whale. <laughs> What's the URL for this? It is milbstore.com. Got it. All right. I've got a, a screencast going. I've got uh, milbstore.com open in front of me. I'm looking at the homepage. What, uh, what am I doing here? What, are, what am I shopping for today? Uh, all right. So uh, this is the store for minor league baseball. If, for those of you that don't know what minor league baseball is, uh, there's all the baseball teams that you know in all the big cities, the 30 major league baseball teams. Each of those teams has uh, five or six different minor league affiliates that are guys that are coming up uh, that are younger or that will never be in the majors, but they play in smaller towns across America. Uh, unfortunately, there is no minor league baseball this year due to COVID. Uh, they've just decided to cancel it, and I'm going to give no comment on that. And the people that watch the videos know uh, I, I like buying shirts from them because it's all these weird team names and weird logos, and I always think they're very fun. Uh, if you're watching the video today, I'm wearing my uh, Staten Island Pizza Rats shirt, which is not an actual team. It was a promo the Staten Island Yankees did. Uh, so... MILB store was terrible for many years, five years ago, even up until last year, it was built on top of Cold Fusion. It was horrendous. It was one of the worst stores I've ever interacted with in my life. And I made it my mission to get it on Shopify because I think it should have been on Shopify to the point where I was finding people that worked at Shopify at Unite and being like, hey, we, you, we should work together and get MILB as a single entity on one single store for all the 150 different teams, there should just be one store that's a clearinghouse. And they kind of like backed away from me and were very frightened by me because I was too excited. Uh, but it <laughs> ended yeah, up- This six foot four monster of a man just comes out of nowhere. Goes, hey, you work at Shopify, right? We got to get the MLB on Shopify. We got to do it. That's what they saw. <laughs> it's just you towering over them, yelling about the MILB store. It- They're like, I have to go. <laughs> I have to stand over here now. Uh, but anyway, so uh, in like April, I loaded up the store to look at 
if there was any cool new stuff to buy. And lo and behold, it was a brand new store on Shopify. They went and did it without me. Those jerks, how dare they? I'm very mad about it. So <laughs> we're going to be looking at this store. And I think the interesting thing to look at is, let's think about this. There are 150 different teams. Okay. Let's say each team has what? 50 products. So if there are 150 teams and each team has 50 products, that is a 7,500 product catalog. <laughs> and it's, it's a more, beefy store. It's more than that. <laughs> uh, I scrolled to the bottom of the, of the site and it does not have an accessibility statement. Oh, that's bad. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, no, no good. In fact, I'm just going to search control F. Except, no, no. Uh, and no, like, accessibility app. Oh, they're, Ooh. they're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I would do something about that one quickly. Okay, so I'm, at, I'm on the homepage. So I think, I'm at the top of the page. So I think the key here is let's uh, hover over. Sh- first thing, make sure your sque- screen's wide enough because this thing hamburgers really fast. If you get below 13... 100 pixels in hamburgers. Okay. Uh, but hover- I'm at 1920 by 1080 for the sake of the screencast. All right. Uh, hover over shop by team. Yeah. So there's your problem. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. All right. There are six columns. Each column has how many items in it? I don't know. Many. And the whole list is at 14 point font. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be honest. I think this is a good way of doing it. When you, it has the little icons on there. Yeah, which I think when is you nice. have this many teams, I can't think of a better way of doing it. You could search for caps. I mean, you, you could hover the, the other ones. You know, it's like men, women, kids, caps, novelties, collections, whatever. But realistically, I'm shopping by team, aren't I? I think the better thing, and this is that bar on top, it's shop by affiliation. So click on shop by affiliation. It's a big, yeah, it's a button at the top of this drop down menu. I shop think, by affiliation. I think it should be more prominent, even. It should be. Well, if this is like the easiest, best way to do it, and a majority of people do it, it should be a parent element in the main menu. Yeah. And it could even be a button like, hey, we, you know, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've got nine items in the main menu. Oh, my gosh. And like they all sh- they all make sense. Um, but if there's like one obvious one and you've got kind of a conf- uh, big, harder to navigate catalog, I was going to say confusing. It's not really confusing. There's just a lot to it. So this was not an easy task for anybody. I'm oh, not envious of no, this figure no, this out. No, that was the thing. Every time I ranted about it in the office, you were like, how are you going to do it? Do you understand? <laughs> it's like herding cats. It's 150 different, <laughs> 150 different companies doing business as one company. Yeah, no, it's a weird scenario. Okay, so shop by affiliation. If if it's a good experience, that button should just be in the main menu. It could be the first thing. Yeah. So, so I'll th- click that guy. Yeah, so I think this is the way to do it. All right, I'm a White Sox. Let's say I'm a White Sox fan. If I'm a White Sox fan... Here are all the MLB teams, all their minor league affiliates, and I could say, well, I want to be a cool hipster White Sox fan and have gear from their minor league teams. So I think that's the way to do it. Um, and, you know, the, the icons do these little bounce things. That's cool. You could flip between the AL and the NL. So we could just pick a White Sox team. Let's pick the Canapolis Cannonballers. And then... We're in the Canapolis. Hold on. So do I, under Shopify, you lost me. I've got my filter. Shopify affiliation has this cool filter at the top. American League or National League? Yeah. Which one? AL, the one you're already okay. on. All right. And you see the White Sox? Yes. All right. Now click on the Canapolis Cannonballers under the White Sox because we are hypothetical White Sox fans. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, and I like, all right. So then when I land on uh, the collection or the Cannonballers, 
It's got a nice banner across the top that matches. There was a ribbon or a banner that just disappeared on me. Oh, that was oh, like yeah. a shipping thing. Sign up for emails and score 10% off. And then eventually it goes. It went away? Yeah, it's weird. It bounces around. Okay. So here you have your general cannonballer gear. And I'm going to get in a little weeds here to show you how, tell you how they did this. Um, so you have on the left, I think this is very well done. This column on the left side, you have brand. Who cares about brand? I don't care if it was made by Nike or New Era. Who gives a shit? Why do they include it? Some people will have like, especially if you buy a lot of sports gear, you probably, especially like, and sizing is the thing. Like, you're like, I've got this one shirt or jersey that it fits well. It feels good. I like it. So for I, for people who buy a lot of uh, sports apparel, they, they could have opinions on brand. All right. So, but then you get like department, you got all the different kinds of things that they sell. You could narrow it down by infants, kids, men, women, toddlers, you know, that sort of stuff. And I think, and like cap type, I think that's really good. And the way they did this is, let's click on t-shirts on that left rail on the bottom. This is all tag based. So we're all, we're just in, the collection we're in is the Canapolis Cannonballers collection. And then this left one. And it's filtered by tag. And this is all just filtering by tag. And you, so I... What, what theme do you think they built this on? Oh, I have no idea. I'm assuming it's entirely custom because this Snow Commerce company is... The, it was built by this, a company called Snow Commerce. Uh, I think they're pretty fancy. So <laughs> maybe they did it all themselves. I don't know. I'll include Snow Commerce in our, in our show notes. Why not? I, I hate them, but in like the nicest <laughs> way. Like They're like my nemesis where it's like we're frenemies because they also did... I don't think they know that or care. They don't, but no. they also did the Star Trek store which Ooh. obviously I'm also very into. And I'm That's like, on the short list after Lego. Yeah. So I will say, all right, you're right. They just, you, this is the, in Shopify, you could filter collection by tag easily. And then you could do like a sidebar, powered off link lists if you wanted to. Uh, that's, that's what they've got going here. The, the limitation here is it's all mutually exclusive. Like you can only pick one thing at a time. Uh, no. Uh, the Canapolis, you click depart, you click T-shirts, right? Oh, it does. I see. Yeah, it'll add a second tag. And you can to add it. a second tag. It'll just put plus, and then add like shop for men, and now you'll only get but, the men's T-shirts. I did it, and it popped me into. Sorry, there's no products available at this time, and it has a cool GIF. And then weirdly, they did an embed from Giphy. So if you hover over it, it's like an ad for Giphy and other GIFs. Probably should have just put the GIF in there natively. Um, but I like that. You know, we do a cute thing. What would work, like the way to upgrade this is use an app, like um, product filter and search by booster apps. We've used that in a couple stores. I like it a lot. We could have that, uh, that would make this filter like be a lot saner because it, it, out of the box, it'll, you could do collapsible menus. It'll, you can have it, there's different selection types. It's much more obvious and like that you're doing combining filters and it'll show you like, it'll automatically remove combos that have zero products. It's, it would work like this, but better. It worked fine for me. I clicked, no! I was on t-shirts and then clicked shop for men and it only gave me the men's shirts. <laughs> All right, so I've got... I thought this worked out great using only the stock Shopify tools. All right, fine. Uh, the name of this uh, theme, by the way, is MILB Team Version 2.3. So that sounds like <laughs> a custom theme to me. All right, all right, all right. Uh, which shirt should I pick? Well, uh, apparently the name of the Cannonballers mascot is Boomer. So they're selling OK Boomer tees. Which is oh, pretty look fun. look at that. I like this red rondel tee, the first one. I like that a lot. Canapolis. I don't see an OK Boomer tee. Oh, there it is. I'm clicking the OK Boomer tee. All right. I don't see product reviews on... Yeah, there's no product reviews on this thing. 
Well, and I think it's a I think it's a very long tail. I don't there's a lot of products, but I don't think a lot of products sell a lot. And especially if you're using like print on demand, like this okay boomer shirt is clearly a mock-up. Yeah. And with a catalog this big, like I don't blame them. You trying to photograph printed photograph all of these would be a nightmare well, in itself. And that was the problem before. I mean, it was clearly like a person in the Canapolis uh Intimidator Stadium store with an iPhone camera taking photos of like the t-shirts and they were all different aspect ratios. It was horrendous. It was truly like 1997 level was the old store. So this is a gigantic improvement. Okay. And so and, you know, knowing that like they're coming from this outdated platform and they've got a big catalog to deal with, we have to cut some, them some slack on anything that's like would involve touching every single product. Yeah. Um, like you just have to try and do as much uh, in a database or a CSV as you can. So the product, I'm looking at the OK Boomer T, and there's a few issues. So it's, I notice at the end of the product description, it just says item number, and then there's no item number. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, clearly that was a, a mistake. It probably just supposed to show the SKU, right? Yeah, that, that's, it, yeah, that's in the, that is not in the description. That's its own entity. So that has just been, like, not entered for that product or the liquid's wrong or something. Okay. Yeah. So that's an easy fix, but it's a it's a bug in the template. Um, there's I've got social share buttons directly under the product form. And this is, nothing could make me crazier. And social share buttons above, below. No, the, those aren't share buttons. Those are just links oh, to those are links to MILB. Oh God. Yeah. So I don't want all these links that are like, hey, go to these other networks you're addicted to when I'm this close to making a purchase decision. And they have, and so as someone struggling with these shirts, I bought some of these shirts, like my, uh, my Lehigh Valley Iron Pig shirt is too small for me because they don't have sizing size guide. guides. And Nothing. There's no size info at all. I mean, I'm sure, sure their biggest sellers here are all apparel related. You need to have of a course. sizing guide. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so like that's, like, conversion rate optimization wise, you want to start with busting objections. And on an apparel store, Sizing and returns are going to be the biggest objections. So I'm looking at this product and it is not, even though I could sort by like how it's, uh, by who the vendor was, it does not tell me what this shirt is printed on. It does not tell me what this shirt is made out of. It doesn't tell me the, how the sizing works. And it doesn't tell me what happens if it doesn't fit. Those are like the most obvious objections you're going to get with uh, purchasing apparel uh, online. And for a store that is, you know, out of seven, figured it's got 7,500 products. I'm going to go ahead and guess that at least 5,000 are t-shirts. Oh, there's a Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> if you like click on novelties or whatever, there's like, there's 3,000 products there. Um, and so, yeah, they also have, see like this, I'd love uh, this like red round Dell tea that they're selling. I'd really like to buy that. I need like a 2XL or a 3XL. They're both out of stock. And as we talked about before, if I try to select those uh, sizings, it just does nothing. On OK Boomer, 3XL is out of stock. I can't, there's no back in stock form for me to fill out or anything. Uh, I'm probably not going to get this shirt because <laughs> they like they don't right. have it. I don't know if they're ever going to have it ever again. Yeah, that's an easy cut. Uh, so far, like the homepage, the navigation, uh, I think they were they tasked with an extremely difficult thing and, and did very well. The collection page is good. You think it's great. I think uh, product filtered search app or some kind of uh, filtering app would would plus it. And then on the product detail page is where things a little bit fall on their face. Yeah, without a doubt. I think it's pretty much like, here's a shirt, buy it or don't. 
Like there's well, no. Well, here I landed on. I switched to the red round LT. I was on the OK Boomer T yeah. before. That one. This one has a shorter logo, but a much more useful logo. It first it describes it like alt textile red short sleeve tee with round L logo. All right, that's some SEO action. And then it says made by Gildan, 100% cotton. Okay, already that that's more info than I had on the other one. So I think it's there. The issues we're seeing are just around you know the sheer size of the product catalog. Yeah, and I think you know I don't know how they're set up, but I was like, again, is it is it hurting cats? Like there's 150 different merchandising people in 100 different 150 different cities across America who are uploading this all to this store. Or, yes. or is there like, yeah, there isn't someone in St. Petersburg or whatever just being like, this is bad. We're, we we got to get all these. We're working on all of these. So it's easy for us from the outside to say like, oh, just do this, just do that. But I think it, it's important to acknowledge uh, the the organizational difficulties that are behind those recommendations when you're dealing with uh, what's essentially like a giant professional association that also happens to have an e-commerce. Yeah, this is like a marketplace site almost when you think about it. Yeah. Um, so and uh, one more thing on this, like trust bar, we call these a trust bar underneath the, the badges. The cart, it's a the secure badges. checkout, friendly returns, fast shipping. That we call that the trust bar. Yeah. yeah. I would like to know what friendly returns mean. I mean, you talked about it before. I mean, if, yeah. if I buy that two XL shirt and it's too small, how bad are you going to ding me? <laughs> For example, like yeah, the phrase friendly returns could mean anything. As in, I ask to return it and you say no, thank you. <laughs> And like my when my children were younger, they go, uh, they ask them to do something. They go, no, thank you. And then when you got mad, they go, I use my manners. <laughs> so like, yeah, you're right. With so if you that that trust returns badge, you know, a it uses this gray color. It doesn't quite match the site. The whole thing is one big image. It's just a graphic oh, for three things. I didn't notice that. Yeah, and it doesn't. I don't think it has alt text on it either, which so not ideal for accessibility. Yeah, and actually the. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It has an alt tag. The alt tag just says trust badge. <laughs> All right. I take it Whoops. back. We could have done a better job than these guys. Snow commerce. We're coming for you. Oh my gosh. Take it back. I don't know. I'm not in a competition here. <laughs> We're just like, you know, add some alt text. The hard, they did the hard part was figuring out how to do this menu. Uh, yeah, no, this, this trust badge feels, I mean, the way it's implemented feels like an afterthought, but, uh, it could be improved. Uh, what happens if I add a cart? Uh, we got a modal cart that pops up. Okay. That's fine. And then it says, it says, it weirdly says, you have one item in your cart, like dead center in the cart, and then it disappears on me. And my cart, the badge on the page didn't update until I, so I click through, now I'm on the cart page. Yeah, it doesn't Ajax the number of items in your cart. Yeah. There's some other weird things that happen here in the cart. Um, so it's uh, like they've got a note in here. Have a discount code. Continue to check out to redeem it. So that tells you that was like a customer service thing where people kept, were confused and kept asking. Uh, we've got below that the Shopify default note. Shipping and taxes calculated at checkout. I Whenever I can, I remove this thing or replace it with like a free shipping calculator. Uh, I don't see anything on here about free shipping, what their free shipping threshold is. And it says checkout. I always rename this thing. Proceed to checkout because it's more accurate. And then underneath the checkout button, do you see this? It yeah. says shipping outside of the USA question mark. Yeah. And then there's nothing there. <laughs> like it's just, a, it, it's ask. It's a rhetorical question. Shipping outside the USA. And then it's just like this orphan text. It's a little weird. So I don't know if that was supposed to be a link or what was supposed to yeah, go I don't there. know. That has a class on it called alt. 
So I don't know if that's like supposed to be connected to a button or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a little odd. And then there's the, the the notes. They renamed it special delivery instructions or gift message. So I generally prefer to remove the notes, but if I have to include them, certainly I want to instead of just having it be like include a message. I want it to specify what the message is for. And they've done that. Uh, the only way I think to improve it a little more would be if it were like an accordion where I click it, I click that note uh, to open the the input box. Yeah, I, I view it as a distraction. I'd rather not have it. Uh. So we click checkout. In checkout, they put their logo in. Fantastic. They've got the express checkout stuff in here. Great. Uh, they don't require my phone number. They don't have the company field. Good. And then uh, the continue to shipping button is a color I don't think the website uses. Yeah, there, I would like to see a little bit more styling here. I mean, the big one is you got to get that logo up there because otherwise it's just like Helvetica font being like M-I-L-B store. And like that doesn't <laughs> give a lot of confidence. But yeah, I think this the right rail, um, that gray area, they could make that the order summary the order field. summary field they, they could make that like the blue from the navigation or whatever, and then all of the buttons on the front end of the store were all red, so I feel like that continue to shipping button should should also continue being red. Well, you know what'd be cool? What I would the way I might do this is in that order summary you do like a repeating graphic oh. of like the I, the logo badge graphic. Mm -hmm. And do it like faded, so it's kind of like a watermark. That it'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. A really good example of that is on uh, Harney.com. I'm they had like a monogram logo that they use on their gift wrap, and so I made that into a repeating pattern and put that in the order summary, and it's like real faded and subtle. It's very cool. Mm. I'm sure most people don't even they just overlook Fancy. it. I see it and I love it. And that's what matters. Yes, of course, that's what you want to hear. Uh, back on that the homepage. Scrolling through the homepage looks pretty good. The featured promo section, I think they did a really nice job on that, where it's like shop apparel, shop caps. They're kind of trying to divide me, steer me up. You know, they've got their face masks as a featured thing. Uh, they've got trending products as pre-orders. I think that's great. Uh, they do something unusual. They have auctions on the site, and like right in here, it's like, oh, closes in. That's cool. That, that took some effort. Um, but when you click through... It actually, it takes you off the Shopify store. It runs on its own thing. Oh, it goes it to MILB like. Auctions, which yeah, has its own yeah. thing. Uh, but knowing the disaster that was the previous online experience to this, I think they did a, a phenomenally good job with it. No. And there's just, trying to deal with a catalog this huge, yeah. huge is difficult. Huge, huge upgrade from zero. Um, if you click on the, um, go to the masks, click on like the Hillsborough Hops mask. I have a Hillsboro Hop shirt. That was one of the first ones I got. I love it. The I recognize yeah. it. You've worn that so much. Like it's it's got that like the silk screening starting to to crack. Uh, I'm, I'm very familiar with the Hop shirt. Uh, so yeah, the Hops product at least has a much better description. Okay, so yeah, this does speak to the idea that um, their issues are just related to trying to up trying to deal with that huge catalog. And so I think, you know, I don't think this is Snow Commerce. I think it's oh Snow Commerce said, hey, here's the right way to do it. And then it's up to MILB to go through thousands of products and update them. I didn't. So you're right. Looking at a new product, ah, that you know, it's got a nice description. The item number works. Okay, that's much better. I didn't say it was Snow Commerce. <laughs> well, yeah, you also declared that now we're in a battle. <laughs> we are. Shut up. Well, all right, fine. Then you could challenge them to a rap they, battle. I'm saying They stole my dreams. Uh, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I just think MILB is not... Uh, 
well-versed in running a, having a well-run single point of uh, commerce for all their affiliates. Right. This, this is a huge upgrade for them. Uh, anything else of note on this site before we wrap it up? Uh, I don't think so. Cool. All right. Well, we'll end it there. If someone were to go buy a shirt, what would be the, the one you recommend? Um, well, my favorite, uh, I always liked, I always like uh, Monty Biscuit, who is the mascot of the Montgomery Biscuits. And I don't know if they have a Monty Biscuit shirt, but he's very silly. He's an anthropomorphic biscuit and his tongue is made of butter. <laughs> he's very happy. So I would get some Montgomery Biscuits gear. Uh, if you're a Simpsons fan, there's the Albuquerque Isotopes who named themselves after the Simpsons episode where the Isotopes were going to move to Albuquerque. And they have a very, like, 1950s Atomic Era logo. That's cool. I, it is a lot of fun. And actually, like, walking around with you, many times people have, like, just total strangers have been like, I love that shirt, <laughs> when you're wearing your MILB stuff. Uh, yes, it's cool. I think it's getting a little too far now, maybe. Like, all team names are weird. And when all team names are weird, like none of them are weird. Well, it's it's niching down. You're like you pick the one that speaks to your sense of humor, or you know you're a Simpsons fan, so you do the isotopes, or you think uh, the biscuits are funny, which they are, so you get that, or like the hops because you're into beer. I think it's more just like that hyper personalization that we see uh, a lot of DTC brands doing now. Yeah, it's like there's the you know there's like the Rocket City Trash Pandas, and it's like a <laughs> raccoon, and it's also like in a garbage can rocket ship. And I'm sort of like, all right. I will never not laugh at referring to a raccoon as a trash panda. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> See, to me, I'm just like, all right, we've gone too far. Something's got to be nice. <laughs> well, that's what the official gear is for. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there, Mr. Rita. I, dear listener, would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So please join our Facebook group. Search the unofficial Shopify podcast insiders on Facebook and come talk to us. Other than that, I, I hope uh, you stay safe and are having a great summer. Farewell. One last thing. If you're new to e-commerce, you're probably thinking what we all were in the early days. Where the heck do I start? Product photography? Discount codes? A logo? Thankfully, there's a simple answer. Start with your theme. Your Shopify theme is your online storefront. Picking the right theme influences the way your store looks, how it works, how easy it is for visitors to see your brand's value. And that's what makes or breaks your conversion rate. With nearly a decade of experience building beautiful, performant themes, my friends at Out of the Sandbox are experts in knowing what it takes to make your store a success. From the unmatched speed of Turbo to the endless customization possibilities of Flex, their themes are designed to look great and, more importantly, help you sell more. Whether you want to upgrade your existing theme or launch a brand new online store, Out of the Sandbox has a theme for you. Visit outofthesandbox.com and use promo code KURTS20 for 20% off their best-selling themes, Flex and Turbo. Go to outofthesandbox.com slash unofficial, promo code KURT20 for 20% off Flex and Turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, 
for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at ethercycle.com. Thanks for listening. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.